0: Mama says that alligators are honorary cuz they got all them teeth but no toothbrush.
1: I'm funny how be funny like I'm Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention
0: yesterday! Isn't it a pity? Isn't it a shame? The way we break each other's hearts and cause each other pain. Hello and welcome to Little Marty, the only podcast on the internet dedicated to covering the works of Adam Sandler, Martin Scorsese, and the lads from Liverpool. My name is Eric... Halloween
1: and my name is Jeremy the Butcher Welcome to our documentary coverage folks on the longest documentary you'll ever see curious to
0: see the numbers on this one I want to know I want to know I want people to watch this because it's really good but it is I, you know I even had the same reaction uh, I had this sort of thought in my head as I do with any movie of this length where I thought well, no matter how good it is, that's a pretty good excuse for me not to watch it. <laughs> three hour length, but you know what? This one, I think it it warrants the length, and I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the subject matter is great. The 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 direction superb. Mm, mm-hmm. Everything. You know what? The only thing that I would do, and this is the Eric cut of uh right, right. of the film. Let's get rid of Clapton. Yeah. I don't like that guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, hold on. Ugh.
0: Man, Pizza Party Queen's going to have a fit.
1: I know. Sorry. I had to get a piece of candy in before we <laughs> left the podcast. A piece of Halloween candy. Um, so, you can't talk about George Harrison without talking about Eric Clapton.
0: Yeah. This is unfortunate. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Yeah, we'll get we'll we'll get to it though. We'll get to it. I have yeah. a lot to say about about that stuff. Okay, good. But, yeah, because uh, I, I do
1: too. I, I that's I agree. I don't like this guy, but I like that he's in this movie because we got some really wild stuff <laughs> in there. Oh <laughs> From yeah, Eric Clapton. Oh yeah.
0: It's funny to hear like his side of the story too, because oh you're just God. like whatever, dude.
1: Yeah, he's like, dude, <laughs> you know what? George Harrison actually wanted me to uh, <laughs> to uh, marry his wife. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you yeah, are yeah. Uh, seriously uh, the devil, sir.
0: Yeah, but uh, speaking of the devil, uh, that is not a great segue to this, but I'm going <laughs> to stick with it. Patreon.com/slash Eric and Jeremy. Actually, you know what? The devil does tie into this because we're getting we're doing Halloween horror movies, or uh, sorry, summer horror movies over there. We will soon be doing October horror movies. Um, we've got all sorts of bonus content. We uh, we've covered. Audience request, fan requests. We cover. Uh, we were doing a series on the Coen Brothers, which we took a break from to do horror movies. Uh, we've got Blart Vember coming up. The, uh, the, you know, Jeremy, I've seen i I've seen at least one tweet, not from us, about Blart Vember. So I got, really? you know what, actually two, from um, our two biggest fans, Pizza Party Queen and, and Brian. Uh, but uh, the fans. Can't wait for us to cover the Paul Blart movies in November, so we'll be doing that on the Patreon. We get Whoa. we're doing Christmas. This is the best time to sign up for the Patreon, and you get instant access. And Jeremy, I was uploading a new episode uh recently. I took a look at how many episodes we've done on the Patreon. Do you want to yeah. take a guess?
1: Um on the Patreon alone? I yeah. guess four hundred and twenty, my guy. <laughs>
0: not even quite is that a real guess (laughs) no (laughs)
1: uh probably i don't know about maybe a hundred though
0: 150 my dude (laughs)
1: Uh, oh and as i look in the mirror my decrepit face just falls slightly more slack on one side as i have a stroke and die eric isn't that isn't that a pity
0: it sure is a shame and uh you know what jeremy that's insane that's an insane amount of stuff to get for five dollars over no at patreon kidding. We, should start, we should we should
1: start uh, charging six
0: yeah you know what that's a good that's a good tactic jeremy we should start threatening to charge more <laughs> so this is the last time ladies and gentlemen right uh i'm gonna have to figure out how to do that on the patreon but i'm gonna i'll say this jeremy it's going up one cent Ooh, in, in November. Deal with that only for new patrons. I don't know if I can do that for sure. Yeah. No it, current patrons, you're uh, you're locked in at the uh, the tier that you're at. But uh,
1: people are gonna want to rush over to the Patreon for Blart Vember. I think you're gonna be pretty excited and pretty surprised at what uh at what we got in store for you for Blart Vember. Little spoiler alert: it's Paul Blart Mall Cop every <laughs> week. <laughs> The I was at a
0: mall uh this weekend, rainy weekend over here, and i I like wandering around a mall. you know what I mean it's like oh, yeah. it's like a funny thing to do. I feel so like disconnected from normal society when I'm at a mall. I'm yeah, like, huh this is what like normal people look like and do I guess <laughs> uh but this I saw what,
1: this is what George Harrison described as the material world, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And
0: I saw uh, I saw a mall cop. Very funny. He had the oh, hat man. on and everything. and Oh, in this the, is good. Um, I don't think he had a weapon. I think he just had a walkie-talkie. And uh, for some reason, I think he had a nightstick. But I don't think that that's true, actually. Because I don't know that those guys are allowed to like, do violence. Whack
1: violent. somebody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just whack somebody's yeah. ass super hard.
0: But uh, it got me stoked, my dude. We're gonna do the Blart movies. We'll do observe and report, and we'll do uh, who knows? Maybe there's another movie, a Mulchop movie out there, or we'll just do another Kevin James. It's there's a lot of possibilities over Lots there. Lots of possibilities. The point is, you gotta sign up uh, to, to to get access to that stuff. Uh, Jeremy, I guess before we dive into this, I know that you're a Beatles fan. Oh, yeah. uh, tell me a little bit about your history with the Beatles and uh, Sir George.
1: Well, I mean, the Beatles were, you know, played in our house growing up, uh, you know, over and over and over again. It was I was raised Christian, so it was like one of the few secular things that my parents would allow me to do at a super young age is like listen to Beatles. So I remember listening to Beatles a lot as a kid. Because mm. you know you can only listen to worship music so long, Eric. Before you gotta, sure. you got expand. You gotta expand the discography. You know,
0: in a way, some of this George Harrison music is worship. <laughs>
1: music. <laughs> I know. Uh, I and, and I wasn't listening to his heathen worship music to the to a false god, Eric. You know, uh-huh. I was li- I was listening to the Beatles, who, sure. for all we know, could have been Christians themselves. That's what my dad used to say. They could be Christians, too. We don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, I, I everyone loves George Harrison. He is uh, most people's favorite Beatle, the quiet Beatle, the handsome Beetle. Um, do you think that's true? Yeah. Don't you think
0: Paul, do you think McCartney would be the favorite among people?
1: So, okay, let me, uh, maybe let me b- rewind. I think... Paul and John are the obvious answers for your favorite Beatles, But I think most cool people would list George as their favorite, like people who want to be different, you know? And then there's a lot of people out there who genuinely like think George Harrison is the best beetle. Like in my house, I believe my partner is a George is that's her favorite beetle. Uh, I know tons of people who George is their favorite Beatle. He's also like super gifted at guitar too. So it was he was an easy Beatle to like, especially if you didn't want to go with the, I guess more, popular choices of Paul and Paul and John. Um, all that to say, I actually became super hyper uh, aware of George Harrison and his and his works, uh, sort of after I watched. Um, that new documentary on Disney plus the, the let it yes. be documentary. Yes. Uh, or no? I'll oh, get back, get back. Um, so anyways, I, I, I watched that and it kind of reignited my interest in the Beatles and in doing so reignited my interest in George Harrison and, you know, uh, of his great, you know, solo albums, um, that came out after the Beatles, and yeah, just sort of fascinated with his whole religious journey into the Hari Krishna stuff. And uh, but but I'd also seen Martin Scorsese's No Direction Home, which we didn't watch for this podcast. But there's nothing stopping us. We could we could actually totally watch No Direction Home. It it, it totally did that counts. come out
0: before this?
1: It did. It did. In fact, there's yeah. a tri- bit of trivia that like it was because he made that. That uh, that you know, Olivia Harrison contacted him, chose him to direct this one. So uh, we should probably go back and watch No Direction Home since we yeah, skipped it. I, I'm I'm on board with that because it's super good and it's it's a it's the same length as this. Uh, so it's not it's not if it was much longer I might not suggest it. But um, but yeah, it. So watching that, I kind of had already fallen in love with Scorsese's documentary. Style and so this was the perfect marriage, my guy.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: what about you though? Can you do you have a history with George Harrison? Do you did you know him?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we hung out <laughs> uh when I was a kid and played ukuleles in the garden. Uh, no, we uh, my friend John. Shout out to my friend John. Is uh, we share the same musical taste, uh, and uh, he was a huge Beatles fan when we were kids. This is like a neighborhood friend. That's probably one of my best buddies. He uh, he he introduced me to the Beatles through Beatles One. Do you remember Beatles One? It was a CD oh, yeah. Yeah, was that was like a greatest hits that were just perfectly remastered and perfectly sequenced. Uh, I think chronologically, actually. Um, but that's that's how I got into them. And over the years, I, I you know I think I got into all the Beatles stuff before the solo stuff, and then I remember getting into Lennon. I think you know I think Lennon. Well, uh, He's 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 like a teenager's favorite beetle. You know what I mean? He's kinda like rough around the edges. Yeah, uh, he's cool. Uh, but but as you grow older you're like, uh, eh, that guy would probably not be great to hang out with and maybe he's <laughs> <laughs> not the maybe he's like a little up his own uh, you know what do they say in Bri in in the UK He's up his own
1: ass. uh tart.
0: Ours? Yeah. Yeah, ours. tart.
1: Yeah, A uh, uh a loo. Uh, yes. Yeah. He's also there's a lot of John Lennon stories out there about him being abusive to his like partners that really sucks. Yeah. There's Unfortunately, some stuff. he is my favorite Beatle. <laughs> For the record, I I do love John um, the the most, and I actually love him the most because of his solo stuff mainly. Oh yeah. Like, I love his solo stuff is so great. But but you're absolutely right. He is he is like the m- sort of like moody, edgy Beatle
0: yes, and for, for uh <laughs> yeah i guess uh over over the years, I think you know Harrison was like the last i mean Ringo doesn't even really count in this <laughs> situation, but he was the last, and I'm not a Ringo basher, by the way i I think Ringo's cool, I but too. I don't think his solo stuff's very good, and uh the last Beatle that whose solo stuff I really got into was George. Mm. And it actually, you know, I kind of liked some of it, but I wouldn't go back to it very often until honestly, like four years ago or something. I was listening to All Things Must Pass. Dude. And all of a sudden the uh the lyrics to Isn't it a pity just like really like resonated with me and I was like, man. I was listening to it after um Man, I can't remember which one because there's so many of them. But uh, some like tragic event, and I was like Uh, thinking about life, listening to that, and I was like, "Man, this song. His songs are so like simple, but like wise, you know."
1: Yeah, i I think All Things Must Pass is like one of my top, you know, fifty greatest records of all time like I think all my uh, the things must pass is like not only my favorite George Harrison record, it's up there with some of my favorite records of all time. I, I, it really is a, sp- is special, you know, like, um, every track on that is just, just so great, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's I'd, good ha- stuff. I'd
1: have you anytime. Wa wah, That song. Wawa is a freaking bop dude.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what my favorite... Uh, have you ever seen the album cover for Cloud 9? mm Google Cloud 9 George Harrison. It's, my, it's one of my favorite album covers. All right, I'm checking this it's out. It's, like, kind of cheesy.
1: This is live on the record, folks. I am checking this out. Cloud 9. Yeah! <laughs> Isn't that great? That's my boy.
0: Yeah. Dude, that's good stuff.
1: that is good stuff right there. That shirt... Hell yeah!
0: So living in the material world, the film came out 2011. It's three and a half hours. Man, I thought it was three, so yeah. I guess that's yeah. a good thing. Uh, directed by Scorsese. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's see if there's any fun trivia in here.
1: Oh, there is. <laughs>
0: Uh, Harrison's widow, Olivia, who collaborated, uh, has said, I almost don't want people to see it. It's like showing everybody into your most private place. By the way, I've seen parts of this uh, before. I did not see the ending and I've somehow gone 33 years without knowing about the attack incident. Oh yeah! I never knew about that. I just thought I knew George. I just thought George Harrison died from like an illness of some kind, which he kind of did. But the the attack. Yeah, was, I uh, mean, I mean, did that's he? That's crazy.
1: He, I know. The, it, it's it's nuts. That, it's like funny games. I that was uh, I remember that as a kid. You know, like I remember that that coming on the news. Hmm.
0: Nuts! Stuff. Scary. Yeah. Um, let's see. For decades, with his legacy in mind, Harrison had been saving photographs, letters, and memorabilia, as well as his uh, film footage of interviews. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here. A lot of stuff, which is great. Yeah. Um. Also, it's like, you know, some of some of the people, the interviewees in this movie. It's saying a lot about the, like, level of uh, people you're getting to interview when Tom Petty doesn't even show up until, like, two and a half hours into the movie.
1: Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, in the second part of it. Yeah. Way, way late. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 uh, kind of save a lot of really big names for kind of the end, end-ish. Like, Roy yeah. Orbison. Isn't he also kind of towards the... The end right, too. right, yeah.
0: I guess maybe it makes sense chronologically the traveling woolbury stuff, but yeah. So I have—I uh, don't know—are there any trivia? Is Dude, there any trivia? You—you you you almost
1: wanna- got there. Check this out. Martin Scorsese met George Harrison. First, when Scorsese, Jack Nicholson and Robbie Robertson knocked on Harrison's door in a frantic moment during the filming of The Last Waltz in 1978, <laughs> in the late 70s, and then again in the early 90s. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. That's that's my favorite piece there. It's just can you imagine being George Harrison and that's th- that's the knock you get on your door or vice versa. You're these three guys knocking on George Harrison's door. Pretty good.
0: Um. Yeah, that's bananas. Uh. I so Jeremy, I kind of wanted to just like get into this because I there's just a lot to it. talk about. Here's the thing, and maybe I, maybe maybe I pause and cut this part out. But I have I rented this. I can no longer watch it, but I can watch part two. I can. I can skip through part two on youtube because there's no plot on the uh you know wikipedia website we usually right. use because it's well, a documentary
1: well i mean i don't know if you're adverse to this but we can kind of just talk about it as a whole and not go through it chronologically let's do it because i think that the story of his life is i mean we can almost break it down into a couple parts right like the first part is like early life and growing up. We probably won't talk a lot about that stuff. But then, then there's the Beatles era, and then there's the post-Beatles solo albums, you know, era. You know, there's the traveling Wilburys stuff. There's the Hari Krishna stuff, and then there's the ton of bummer stuff with Eric Clapton. Um, oh, there's also Life of Brian. <laughs> we could talk about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff here, um, and I don't, and I don't mind just like you know, hovering on each one of these topics kind of one by one. But let's do it. It might, it might, it might be best to just start kind of at the beginning with the Beatles stuff. Like, so it it starts with George Harrison being super young. He's like mm-hmm. a kid compared to Paul and John, and he's just starting. Out in this band as this guitar player who shows a lot of promise, and they're playing like seedy nightclubs and stuff all around, like uh, yeah, Germany and 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 uh, the UK. Eric, he, now you weren't in a band, right? I've been up? in a, I've been in some bad bands. You were in some bad bands. Okay, so this, I have two. So this really took me back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be yeah. a, a kid and playing music like it was the only thing. You know, like your life depended on it. Like it was the only thing you cared about in the world was to just be young and play guitar on stage or play in a band on stage. What did you play?
0: Uh, guitar and piano.
1: Okay, cool. And so, I sang. Yeah, what did this do for you, watching all this old this old black and white footage of these they look like they were fourteen years old. Like, yes, could- <laughs> honestly
0: though, what I was like I thought about that. I you know, it did I I was just comparing them to where I the level of musicianship my bands were at at that age, right? And man, these guys were good from the start.
1: Yeah, they cared about it a, a lot. That's for sure. But I did yeah. find it. I did. Well, I did find it really interesting, like hearing George talk about teaching John the chords of a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, at one point, John Lennon didn't know how to really play the guitar. And that for me that was fascinating.
0: Yes, and uh it's so fun to watch the uh, the old footage is great, especially Harrison cuz you know we find out over the course of this uh uh career career with the Beatles is he doesn't really get like he comes to songwriting a little later. At least getting his songs, you know, his the group playing his songs and it's fun to watch like the early version of harrison where he's just kind of like the third man you know yeah Yeah. in the in the four just ripping guitar solos but when he's in that role man just watching him play guitar solos and play those like blues riffs and stuff he just looks like a legend, like right away. Yeah. Like he—he he looks, he's got like the vibe of like, oh, this guy's gonna be like a Chuck Berry or something. Totally,
1: yeah. He's pretty right away. He's pretty like, I don't know, sensational. Um, and then yeah, because then when you move into like the, the sort of like later on Beatles period with George, he's he's the one I feel like who's the most inclined to hang out with all the other cool musicians like he's super close with bob dylan he gets really close with eric clapton who you know sucks now but at the time would have been a really cool you know friend to have in the music scene you know yeah. all, all these other you know he he's kind of is uh, is one of you know closer to billy preston than than the sure. other ones it seems like like there's just you know it's you get the sense that he was because he was an outsider with the Beatles. He always, he was cooler in a way. Like he was a little bit above it or hovered outside of it a tiny bit and was able to sort of, you know, transcend the Beatles sort of, I don't know the name, the stigma. Like he had, he kept cool company, you know? And, uh, when you get into the life of Brian stuff, you know the Monty Python crew is no exception to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Um, one of my favorite uh, moments is when Ringo is talking about like towards the end of the the Beatles, when uh, they're each he's going to, he, he's go, he's going to each of the other members' uh, places and talking to them about how he wants to quit the group because he's like he's he says you know I thought I. It seems like I'm on the outside and you three on the are on the inside yeah. and every other member of the Beatles feels the same way. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting. And it's funny because it's like you realize that I mean Harrison you know he's already talking like very pretty early in the in their career about how he doesn't care for material things anymore. He's seen like what it's like having all the money in the world and it's, it doesn't really matter to him. I love that he goes into, he, he, he does like the, the drug, like the hallucinogens thing. Right. And, and does acid a little bit just until he like gets enough from it. And then he's wise enough to say, no man, I don't like, I, I don't need to do, continue to do that. I've gotten like, I've gotten what I want out of it, which I think yeah. is cool and very smart.
1: Yeah, that's kind of how I was with um with uh with eating uh, ch- uh chocolate fudge where I would sure. kind of eat a lot of that, you know, and then at some point I I understood it and I put childish things aside, you know, I moved on. Yeah,
0: I feel I that's how I felt with Tylenol PM. <laughs> Used to love taking that stuff.
1: Dude, uh, the the acid trip stuff is really interesting. Kind of like what you were saying. Like, it's, yeah, it's like that would have bummed me out too if I was like looking for this sort of transcendent experience and then it it was became just super corporatized and and a place for people to just basically get really crazy and 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 you know be basically shitty. You know, like, yeah, like when he goes to that acid retreat or whatever, and it's not people trying to expand their minds and stuff, it's people fame chasing and, and wrecking stuff. It kind of reminded me of like, uh, like a Woodstock 99 or something, just like, yeah, a little unruly. And yeah, uh, yeah. for a guy like that, he's like, he's looking for real enlightenment, you know?
0: Um, Man, there's so much good stuff in this three-and-a-half-hour documentary that they don't even cover, like... I don't even think they show a clip of the Rooftop concert. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't cover so many pivotal, uh, you know, important moments in Beatles history. Right. Because Harrison is just so fascinating. I don't know. Like, this documentary is, like, just a perfect example of a documentary that needs to exist because it's, like, this this guy was a part of like the biggest band in the world. And there's already a ton of stories about around that. Right. But his story is kind of overshadowed by, by that larger thing that he's a part of, but all of his stories and his experience is just as crazy, you know? Yeah, uh, man. When he's talking about going to San Francisco and, and seeing, uh, yeah, I guess I guess it's kind of similar to what you were talking about with the drug retreat thing. Was that in San Francisco or was that a different part?
1: That might have been in San Francisco. Yeah, I can't actually remember where that where it took place, but it was it was in part 1 and it was just sort of towards the middle of part 1 where he right. He's talking about dropping acid with the rest of the Beatles and like he's also talking and like Ast- Astrid uh, uh, Kersher, and and Klaus Vorman are there and they're taking acid and, you know, and I think this is when, you know, Patty um, was Patty Harrison. Now uh, I don't think she ever went by Pat, Patty, Patty Boyd, I guess uh, mm. back when she was around too. Um, and it was cool. Like, uh, like, you know, yeah, they didn't show the rooftop concert, which, you know, you can kind of see that in a lot of different documentaries and, and, you know, that's, at uh, these days, just a Google search away. But, like, one thing they do uh, capture is just, like, things that maybe you wouldn't get from another Beatles documentary. Like, how Yoko Ono feels about George Harrison. That was crazy. I yeah. I, I just, like, I'm, I became, I didn't n- know I wanted to know that until Yoko started talking about George. And I was like, oh, yeah. What, like, what was their relationship like, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, what was it like seeing uh, all the um, the Monty Python guys on uh, on the dock? I thought that, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, some yeah, of those that was guys. Great. Some of those guys are pretty boneheaded and old these days. <laughs> like I'm trying to think of uh, not Eric Idle. Eric Idle seems uh, cool, I think. But um... like Terry Gilliam was in there. Terry Gilliam, the famous filmmaker from Brazil and Twelve Monkeys, he was. Part of the uh, part of the uh, the Monty Python, and uh, yeah, he it, yeah, it was it was kind of weird seeing them, and like their intersection with George Harrison.
0: Yeah, it's funny they talk about his uh, more towards the end they talk about how he was sort of in he kind of had these different little like, cliques that he was a part of. He was like super into racing also. And then he had his like comedian friends and then his musician friends and his uh spiritual friends
1: yeah right yeah uh the racing stuff was is a super weird addition and that's also something I didn't know yeah you know, same you know here. what I mean I don't know if you knew that but like the, yeah the, the I the
0: had no stuff. idea he won the Daytona 500
1: yeah I had no idea that he his, his alias was uh was Dale Earnhardt
0: senior senior
1: yeah I had no idea that he kind of was moonlighting as Dale Earnhardt senior <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I mean I really love the traveling Wilbury stuff too that's yeah. one of my favorite yeah. parts uh i i've seen there's a there's a whole documentary on traveling Wolverines that's really there is
1: dead. i've never seen that
0: yeah it's not i don't think it's a feature length but it uh it's like a half hour long or something you could probably find it on youtube but um yeah that's that's great that whole story of uh who did it start with it started at dylan's studio or something right where all the a sudden so And then the idea, I didn't realize the idea behind the band was that Harrison was going to handpick everyone, uh, every member, right? which is great. But uh, the Wilburys are like a a crazy phenomenon to me because they're just a bunch of dudes having fun and just happen to, there's not a bad song on all two or three of those albums. Yeah. Um, And they're just kind of like... Messing around.
1: It's its a fascinating idea that I think started kind of a trend that we, we would see, you know, forever. Uh, where, you know, uh, types of musicians of a certain era would get together and sort of create like a super group. Yeah. Uh, what was it? The, the Monsters of Folk? Monsters of Folk. Was one that happened uh, not even that long ago. Or maybe, you know, over a decade at this point. But, but uh, still pretty... Um, yeah, still pretty wild yeah.
0: Broken social scene is another yeah. one, I think
1: Right, yeah. right Yeah, and that idea is really cool Although, when you have that many stars coming together Yeah, and that many front people um It creates such a weird sound You know, because each one of those guys has their own sound connected to them So now you have... You know, that sound being just crashing up against another person. Like, Bob Dylan and Roy Orbison, like, those two dudes, you know, in a song together sounds insane. <laughs> yeah, they it's are, crazy. Because they're so different, you know? Um, yeah, Jeff Lynn too. Jeff Lynne, yeah.
0: Um, I, one of my favorite parts as well is, I mean, I'm Tom Petty's, I'm a really big Tom Petty fan. Same. And when he's talking about... um. Roy Orbison passing away and he gets this phone call and it's so sweet. He like tears up at the end of telling this a little bit is, uh, he's, he's telling this story about, um, how he, he woke up and, you know, got a call that Roy Orbison had died. And, uh, he gets a call from George a little while later. And George, the first thing he says is, isn't Aren't you glad it wasn't you? It's like such a like deep, thing to say <laughs> like yeah it's like so he's just like uh, the one of the wisest living yeah <laughs> was one of the wisest living people
1: yeah yeah he's super like i don't know i feel like he was super in tune with like living things and he was really he seemed like such an em- empathic soul at the same time though they do talk about his anger which i really appreciated it because it is it, it it did humanize him a little bit for me you know it put him into a little bit more of a cleaner context where i was like oh yeah like see like this guy has the potential to get hot get heated you know um sure. and maybe maybe not always in a justified way you know maybe you know what i mean like maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of a i mean he's he was he became famous as early as you could possibly become super <laughs> mega famous. So right. there's there's probably a lot of unchecked personality disorders there too. With just like you know, you look at the way he handled himself in the Beatles. Like he didn't, you didn't get the sense that he communicated himself as well as maybe he wished he could. Or you know, it, it would he would tend to lash out when he would just get fed up with something, you know, instead of communicating right. his needs. So, you know, that's why you have the famous walkout during the let it be sessions is because he's get fed up and he's not communicating clearly. He's not saying what's on his mind. And it's just a really, it's a really interesting look into the psyche of someone who's very talented, very fragile, very uh, empathic and sympathetic to the world and the world's problems and also at the same time a hothead pretty uh i don't know eric i guess I, i'm saying i can relate you know
0: <laughs> you are a hothead <laughs> um yeah i uh i thought that stuff was interesting interesting as well um what do you think of danny we we get a little bit from danny harrison towards the end um I I I thought it was funny that he in in his, in his uh, description of his childhood George Harrison would always like tell him, "Oh, you don't have to go to school today. We can go we can go sailing or go do this or that." And his Danny Harrison's way of rebelling was to um go to school and almost do the opposite of rebelling.
1: Wow. Yeah. Love it. I mean, I I uh I I thought uh, Danny Harrison seemed like he also had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. What did you think?
0: A uh, little bit,
1: a little bit. He's yeah. definitely narrating, or he's reading on behalf of his dad, right? Throughout the documentary, is he? I, that's what I thought. Like, because you hear all these like letters being kind of spoken by George okay. Harrison, and we know yeah. that's not him because I don't think they had those audio recordings. I think, but I, so I thought it was from Danny Harrison, which would have made sense to me, but. Um, but maybe I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: Um, but, uh, this guy, have you listened to any of his music, Danny Harrison? Not really. Yeah. Right. I haven't either. I didn't even know he existed, (laughs) to be honest. Uh, let's talk about the Clapton stuff, because... That is probably. I think. I think this documentary serves as two big, huge. It serves two big purposes. One is the obviously to show George Harrison and his life, and to separate him further from the Beatles as his own unique talent. But another sort of backdoor thing is like this is sort of the closure documentary on all the Eric Clapton, George Harrison stuff we hear. From the people that were involved, what actually happened between yeah. the three of them, and I think that is insane. And I don't think people had that before this documentary,
0: right? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I the the Clapton, Clapton annoys me in this because he there there are a few times in the in the interview where, and I'm assuming it's Scorsese asking him questions where he. Uh, is asked a question like well, one example is when he, he, he's asked like what, what he would have thought about being in the Beatles or whatever and Clapton just like laughs you know what I mean he just like laughs yeah. at, at the question yeah. before answering it I don't know man there's, there's something about him that he's just kind of like up his own you know tart and, yeah well yeah uh, <clears throat> I don't know there's he, he's he, he's not he, he, he's not good enough to warrant like his overall attitude and stuff I'll say that but also it didn't really even his side of the story and him trying to justify you know uh the stuff with um man what's her name
1: uh Patty Boyd
0: Patty yeah Patty Patty Boyd it's just like Man, I don't know. <laughs> You're just like making things worse yeah. for yourself, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Uh, she, yeah. So that that was. Um, I, I agree with you. I felt like Eric Clapton tried to come off as really cool and really elevated and above everything, but re- really he came off as pathetic. Which is, I think, what Eric Clapton is. Deep down, I think he's kind of pathetic. I think he's like a uh, guy who was clearly very jealous of George Harrison. You know, George Harrison had the Beatles. He had something that Eric Clapton always wanted. And so, in st- because he couldn't have that, he sort of slimed his way into his marriage. And then, you know, basically married uh, uh married uh, Eric Clapton or Eric Clapton basically married uh his wife which is uh, to me uh, just really it's such a strange thing that that happened and like I think George I think that probably hurt George Harrison like it would hurt anybody I I don't really buy into that he was so you know spiritual and so centered that that didn't that he just didn't feel anything right about that i think he i think he probably felt very betrayed very hurt by it i'm sure he forgave everybody and was a, you know ended up being the bigger person but uh you know but at, at the same time it's like it's like that that says something about you you know mr clapton And I I think, like, you're right, as he he tries to come off in the documentary as cool, it ends up looking just really silly. Like, when he laughs at that question about would you have considered joining the Beatles, uh, Mm -hmm. and he laughs at that, it's like, you know it's because that's what he wanted more than anything. (laughs) He wanted them to kick out George, and he wanted to join, and you know he would have, given the opportunity.
0: Oh, yeah. 100%.
1: yeah so uh you know and 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 he does and clapton it feels like he does kind of disappear at some point from the documentary right like by part two he's in it way less is that am i remembering am I remembering it correct or is he pretty much in it throughout
0: yeah i think you're right towards the end because we start to talk about the uh
1: yeah things that don't involve him really yeah yeah
0: have you ever seen the um concert for bangladesh and or the concert for george
1: no, I haven't. Have They're you? both really good. Oh. Yeah.
0: Um check it out. Con- concert for Bangladesh is the one that they talk about in the documentary. And you can, you can, I think I used to have a DVD of it, or my friend John had a DVD of it. Um, really good stuff. And then the Concert for George was like a post, uh, you know, post-George passing away was at the Royal Everett Hall in 2002. And uh, it's all these people, let's see, Clapton, Joe Brown, Danny Harrison, Jules Holland, Jeff Lynn, Paul McCartney, Monty Python, Tom Petty. It's wow. epic. That's crazy. Yeah, I recommend both of them.
1: Yeah. Uh, wow, yeah, I should definitely check those out, yeah. And in general, just probably listen to more George Harrison stuff. You know, I've really only listened to All Things Must Pass. I haven't really listened to much other of his solo records.
0: All Things Must Pass is definitely the one that I've listened to the most. Um, Let's see. What else do we have on here? There's, of course, Cloud9. Uh, Oh, the self-titled one from 79 is good. And living in the material world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I might I might do a deep dive here coming up.
0: The Beatles songs. I was just looking up the George Harrison Beatles songs.
1: Yeah, let's go through and, and maybe we can uh maybe we can come up with our favorite.
0: Well, here's he, this is from a website called ultimateclassicrock.com. This is the <laughs> top 10 George Harrison Beatles songs. There's I Want to Tell You from Revolver. I Me Mine from Let It Be.
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorites right there.
0: I Need You from, Hel- uh, from Help. Uh, savory uh, or Savoy Truffle from the Beatles. Uh Taxman from Revolver. That's a good one.
1: I am the taxman. So it's good. All
0: Too Much by or, uh, on Yellow Submarine. Within You, Without You. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band.
1: Yeah. Here Comes the Sun is a crazy one. I can't believe that was oh, him.
0: Yeah. Something. And of course, While My Guitar Gently Cries.
1: Yeah. So of these... What are your favorites?
0: Probably something.
1: Something. Something in the way. Yeah, that's great. I think, uh, yeah, I I would just, I think this list is actually kind of where I would rank stuff, except I would put Taxman and, uh, I mean, mine way closer to the top. I think I mean mine might be my favorite. Yeah. I mean mine is a wild song,
0: man. It is a good song.
1: Yeah. But while my guitar gently weeps, I mean it's number one on here for a reason. It really does. It's a bop. It really does slap. It's it's a it's a it's got a cool, like, vibe to it, you know?
0: It's badass. It's like a badass name for a song, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Super um super heavy too I mean got the got the distorted rock rock guitar sound
0: it's funny in the they talk about I forget which uh, part or which era of the Beatles this was it was pretty early I guess from what I, I remember they, they kind of talk about George Harrison like writing actually it's him talking about writing a, a song like getting into his songwriting and he writes his first song uh, don't bother me is it don't bother me mm. it might be don't bother me um and it's funny cuz it's like it's like kind of good but he's he, he he describes it as not not being not very good and it's funny cuz it's it's kind of good cuz it's the beatles playing it but it it actually is sort of not that great of a song
1: wait 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 what song
0: um man i'm trying I'm, I'm looking it up
1: From which uh, album?
0: It might be Don't Bother Me. Okay. Yes, first song written by George Harrison. It's okay. Mm. I mean, it's yeah. not bad. But it, in comparison to what we get out of George Harrison years later, it's like, yeah, this is... a. Uh, this is just kind of alright. Right, yeah. <laughs> hey, what do you think of Ringo Starr?
1: I I like Ringo. Yeah, I like too. him a lot. I like him in the Beatles. The, the, uh, obviously the the best. I think he's great in the Beatles. I don't think I don't know if he's uh I don't I don't know any of his solo stuff outside the Beatles. I just know that he's always like a heroic personality when you're watching some of these old documentaries stuff because Right. Man, he's just so chill and he's out of all the drama <laughs> for the most part. He's never you know, he's never the one he, he always just seems like he's happy to be there. Like he might have been the only one who was actually appreciating the Beatles <laughs> for what they were at the time. Like being in the Beatles, you know. Everyone else seems like they're ready to kill each other and and get back. But Ringo's just having a good time, you know.
0: You ever see? Uh, you ever see Ringo or Paul McCartney?
1: See him? Yeah. I am them. Wait, what?
0: Ever see him like uh, live?
1: No, I've I've never seen a Beatle live. Have mm. you?
0: I saw Paul McCartney at Wrigley Field, 2011, oh. with my aforementioned friend John, and uh, dude, it was crazy. It was like he played like 40 songs, and uh, yeah, he did. I, I remember for the encore, he did the whole like Golden Slumbers into carry that weight into the end. You know, Jeez. from uh, Abbey Road. Good stuff.
1: That's not... Yeah, wow. I would have liked to see that. How long do you think... Uh, that's kind of a morbid question. Uh, here's a better question. <laughs> I know how what you're about to do, ask. I know, yeah. I'm not going to ask that. <laughs> I'm going to ask, uh, how long do you think those two guys will be touring for? Like, do you think we got another world tour from Paul McCartney and, and Ringo? It feels like they um, kind of do. They seem... I don't know. They still seem spry. McCartney's for, 80.
0: Yeah, 100 years. Here's the thing. Willie Nelson is still touring and he's 89. Paul McCartney is 80 years old.
1: Yeah, I bet you right.
0: Paul, I bet you McCartney tours till 90.
1: <laughs> yeah. That sounds right. Pending some sort of tragic uh thing, you know, situation, I think we might have them for a while. I mean, Scorsese is still making movies at 80. He doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. So, no,
0: I saw him play at Wrigley Field yeah. last night.
1: What did he play? Did he play uh, the Irishman? Yeah.
0: <laughs> he acted out all of the <laughs> yeah, He did
1: all the parts. Great. Um, well.
0: Let's see. Any more uh, moments in this documentary that you want to talk about?
1: I'm trying to think. I mean, one thing that we didn't talk about, because I'm kind of not sure how to talk about it, is the Hare Krishna stuff. Like... I guess you know, I'm not religious. Um, I was raised, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, was raised Christian, Protestant Christian, have rejected all faiths, <laughs> you know, since not really psyched on religion in general. Uh, and I have always I've always kind of dug a, uh, how uh, the heart the Krishna stuff influenced the Beatles music. Um I do sometimes just find George Harrison's songs that are dedicated to God and you know in har- you know a higher power and stuff a little bit hard to access to like get really to like really dig down on, you know. Yeah. Um I don't know. Like My Sweet Lord's really good, but even that song sometimes I'm kind of like uh it it's tough because like you said, it is kind of like worshipful, you know? So I feel like I'm in a different it puts me in a different place than when I'm just rocking out. So I don't know. What's your take on all that on all that stuff?
0: Um, I think it's interesting. I think that uh the Hare Krishna stuff is especially interesting in that it like introduced him to not just uh, you know, like a philosophy and stuff but also an entirely different genre of music yeah uh which is cool i love hearing him talk about the sitar and how he's just never there's no way he would ever be the best sitar player in the world yeah um you know i love how i love that he admires like all these people it's cool man when someone uh is able to like make a cultural like a like a whole t- a type of music or a type of art from another culture more accessible to the yeah. western audience. you know I, I appreciate that about George Harrison and it's 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 interesting too that it 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 comes into play like while he's in the Beatles, and it's interesting to see how that impacts the rest of the group as well, and, right I mean right. I don't know. Part of like Harrison's, you know, mind opening up to all these different ideas and things um, influences the other Beatles, and uh, you know, before you know it, we're getting Sergeant Pepper's and we're getting some of these crazier, uh, more outdoor, out there things like in uh, the White Album and Abbey Road and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good thing overall, and uh, he definitely seems like the most content dude uh, in the world, maybe, besides maybe some anger issues. <laughs> but it's sure. interesting, his, like, fascination with uh, death and stuff, too. Like, he seems, it, it, it through the interviews, uh, not just with him, but with other people, it seems like he's sort of pretty, like, much earlier on in life than a normal person would. He has kind of, like, accepted that Accepted death and thinks about death in a way where, like, um, you know, like when he 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 and his wife are being attacked at, at, towards the end of the movie, she's talking about this, and his reaction is, "I can't believe this is how I go," kind of a thing. Right. Um. It's interesting. It's like he. It's horrible. He, yeah, yeah. Um. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's it's something that I've been thinking about a lot too, you know, and uh, trying to, you know, trying to make peace with, and something about watching this and watching how George Harrison felt about it and kind of handled his own, you know, death, and uh, but then also life before death, kind of, I don't know. There's something about it that was a little unsettling. I think just because he seemed like a guy who had such was at such peace and then at the end seemed you know like like you said like he's kind of like can't believe this is how it happens kind of a thing and I don't know I wonder uh it's 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 just a, it's an interesting thing to consider not the most hilarious podcast topic but uh you know I feel uh I I really felt for that 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 vibe you know um,
0: what do you what do you think happens when we die <laughs> <laughs> just kidding I don't want to talk about that I think uh, what happens
1: is uh, <laughs> I wake up as a baby again but I have all my memories <laughs>
0: <laughs> um well you know if you go to uh, if you do sign up for the patreon at patreon.com/ Eric and jeremy you will get to find out. Uh, we're going to analyze Paul Blart with the same uh, intensity.
1: Right. We're going to talk about death twice as much. Yeah. yeah. That
0: one. Yeah. I mean, that whole movie is, you know, it's an analogy it's a, for Yeah, it's for an, an death. allegory
1: for death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jeremy, yeah, any, I can't uh, wait, Anything
0: though. else you want to talk? mention about about this uh documentary
1: oh absolutely not i am i am uh what a great time uh you know i would definitely recommend this it's on hbo check it out very easy to find um Mm. yeah so check it out and uh yeah eric thanks for thanks for being down to uh watch a little you know something a little bit longer but also uh Excited to cover the Bob Dylan documentary with you. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Um well Jeremy, what would you rate this um on a scale of four Chucky Freckles?
1: Oh man, that's actually a good question. I didn't even think about that. Hold on one second. Let me let me pull up my list here. Um Okay, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this uh, I'm gonna give this a three. I think this is a three. I don't, you know, I don't know what a perfect documentary is. Yeah, it's
0: hard because it depends so much on it whether you care about the subject.
1: I think so. And I do care a lot about George Harrison, but like I already, I already know I like No Direction Home better because I like Bob Dylan a little bit better, you know, or I'm a, a more of a fan of Dylan. So I will, I'll give it a three because I think it's really well done and it made me. I was glued to this, dude. I was having drinks. I was, I was, uh, getting high. I was, I was, really uh, feeling, feeling that material world. So, yeah, three. It gets the Shutter Island score. It gets the uh, the Hubie Halloween score, the Great. Wedding Singer score. It's a good score. What about you?
0: Uh yeah, I'll give it a, uh, I'll give it a little higher. I'll give it a three point. Two five out of four. Yeah. I think it's good. Sick. I think it's good. Uh, Jeremy, next week we are going to do, we're doing two Sandlers uh, in back-to-back weeks now. So two Sandlers and then one Scorsese is the the pattern from here on out because Adam Sandler, turns out, is in a lot of movies. So (laughs) next week.
1: We're doing two in a row. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so we just did Just Go With It. Uh, it appears we're going to have to do a movie called Zookeeper.
1: Zoo, no, we don't do got to do Zookeeper. Oh, that's no, a Kevin James he, movie. Yeah, okay. that's a Kevin James movie, unless... No. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't have time. See, we just don't we'll do have zoo time to do...
0: on the. Uh, we'll do Zookeeper yeah. during Blart Vember, maybe. It's
1: It's Jack and Jill, which, yep. to be honest might be the lowest low of the entire series. <laughs> I, I understand Jack yeah. I've never seen Jack and Jill. I understand it to be uh a really, really bad. Uh so we'll we'll cover Jack and Jill and then the next week it's That's My Boy, which I've also never seen. <laughs> but I understand that one to be a little better.
0: Yeah, I kinda like that's my boy actually.
1: Okay, good. Alright, I'm glad I'm glad to hear it. Cause yeah, we're covering Jack and Jill and then that's my boy. And then we'll come back and do No Direction Home, uh, on you know in three weeks. But uh, yeah. yeah, but Weird. make sure you keep up with the Patreon because we got a lot of cool stuff going on, on the Patreon as well. Uh, That's it, separate from our Adam Sandler, Martin Scorsese coverage. We've been doing summer horror films, and uh, this week we're covering a a movie called Club Dread. If you can believe it, <laughs> Club Dread, <laughs> yeah. a broken lizard summer horror film that technically counts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. They don't say what time of year it is and <laughs> it's <in> a tropical <laughs> like, paradise.
1: That's true. I guess it could be dead of winter for all we know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh do all that stuff and uh follow us on Twitter at halloween one and Norma. I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs>